Today we get to kick off 2023. Happy New Year, Creekwood. And I'm so glad that you joined us today for service. Before we get into the message, I wanna take just a minute and I want to celebrate all that God did during Christmas at Creekwood. We saw record numbers of people come through our doors across 11 services, believe it or not, the most that we've ever done. And thank you for inviting your friends and inviting your family to be a part because every single one of those people that walked through our doors heard the life-changing message of Jesus. And that is what it's all about. So thank you for, for volunteering of your time to, to build Candyland, to serve at all of those 11 services because it was the best Christmas at Creekwood that we've had yet. But as we look forward to, to this year and to 2023 and, and everybody's making New Year's resolutions, today I wanted to challenge you with something that I really believe if you would take and, and, and each of us would apply this in our life. Um, it would set a foundation for something new this year and for God to do something new in our life this year. My prayer is that you would get a, a passion for life like you've never had it before. And I'll tell you, one of the things that absolutely drives me crazy is when I meet someone for the first time and I get to know them a little bit and they just, they don't seem to have a passion about anything in their life, right? They're not, they're not a sports fan. They don't, you don't see them going out of their way with some, some crazy hobby. Uh, you know, they're not yelling at the TV uh, when, when their, their favorite team is winning or anything like that. And, and they just kind of go through the motions of life. And I, and I think it's because I have a hard time trusting somebody like that because I don't maybe feel like they're being authentic. But whatever that reason is, uh, those people, if I'm honest, they just, they kind of just, bother me a little bit. And I think it's because when, when I walk through life, I, I'm very passionate about some things. You can ask my wife, probably too passionate about some things. But when I also look at the life of Jesus, I see a man that was incredibly passionate. I see a man that walked through life and was so passionate and engaged in life in such a way that thousands of people wanted to come and listen to him talk. I see, I see a man who his disciples literally had to peel children away from him because kids wanted to be around Jesus. And, and I can't imagine that that is like some of the pictures that we see of Jesus. You know, the ones where he's standing there and he's like all stoic and, and it looks like he ha never smiles or anything like that. And actually, I think the complete opposite, I think Jesus was probably running around with, with candy in his pockets, kicking a ball, laughing, uh, because these kids wanted to be around him so much. But I don't think Jesus was just this man that was always having fun. I mean, we actually see in scripture in John chapter two about Jesus having this righteous passion whenever he walks into the temple and there's something going on in the temple that he just can't stand. There's people selling for personal gain. There's tables with, with money changers. And he, he literally loses his mind in these moments. And in John chapter two, verse 17, there's this scripture that, that we see. 
His disciples remembered that it is written this, and it says, the zeal for your house will consume me. And we, this verse comes at the end of this passage in John chapter two, where Jesus has just got this righteous passion in his mind. And he goes and he, he literally goes up to these tables that have these money changers and he's flipping these tables and he makes a whip and he's driving these people out of the temple because he is so passionate and they're in there for personal gain and not to worship God and not in there in the temple for what they should be. And you know, when we think about this story of Jesus and, and this idea of if we as followers of Jesus are really going to live out our life, that we're going to try to be more like Jesus in our life, how do we take this idea of a zeal for his house will consume us? And what, is that, what does that mean in our life? And as we look towards this year, I really believe that as Christians, and we should be more passionate about life. We should be more passionate about faith. We should be more passionate about going to church and, and serving in the church this year. But how do we do that? And, and what does that look like on our daily life? And so what I wanna do is I wanna give you three areas that if we will really apply these, if we will grow in our passion in these areas, and I really believe it will set up a foundation in your life this year that will make it your best year yet. And the first thing there, do you write this down, is that I really believe we should have a passion for worship in our life. You know, in this story of Jesus in the temple, Jesus goes in and, and he loses his mind because, and he gets after these people because they're in there for the wrong reasons. And I think this first, we must, must have a passion for worship in our life. Mark chapter 12, verse 30, uh, talks about this. And it says that we should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all our minds and with all your strength. And when you think about this and you think about if we really love God with all of us and we really love him with all of our mind and all of our heart, how do we not have a passion to come in and to, to worship God for who he is and for what he's done? And I love this because it says, and with all my strength. In other words, all of me is worshiping God and living this out in my life. You know, it's, it's, I think about this idea of a passion for worship. And, and when I love something this much, it's like the young couple who just got married and they're all over each other and they tell everybody about them. And you're like, man, can y'all just like go get a room, please get out of public because they're telling everybody how much they love each other. And you think about that and you think about that kind of passion and, and what is that kind of love, this love between God, if we really love him with all of us, how does that influence our passion? And I, I love what the Psalmist David says in Psalms 103, talking about praise, talking about worship. And he says, let all that I am, there's that all again, all of me, let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. And if we want this year to be the best it's ever been, if we want this year to be something that's better than we could have ever imagined, 
And we need to worship in a way that we've never worshiped. We need to fall in love with God in a way and express that through worship in a way that we never have. And here, when we do this, here is how that influences our life. Is when I have a passion for worship and I'm worshiping God, no matter what my situations are, and I'm so in love with God that I'm worshiping him, it puts him first. When I'm saying, God, I thank you for what you've done in my life. God, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that you loved me so much that you sent my son to, or your son to this earth to die. When I'm doing that, what it does is it puts everything else in my life in line to God. And it begins to change my perspective, my worries, my fears, my anxieties. Everything falls in line to God. And so first we must have a passion for worship. But it doesn't just stop there because second, and I want you to write this down, we need to have a passion for people, a passion for people. Because when I look at Jesus and I look at the way that he walked through life, thousands of people aren't drawn to him and kids are not drawn to him if they don't have, or if Jesus did not have a passion for people. And if we're gonna be more like Jesus, we need to have a passion for people. You know, too many times I hear Christians say things like, oh man, like people are just driving me crazy, right? I just, I just, I wish I didn't have to deal with people in this life. People are so stupid or fill in the blank to whatever we would say there. But as Christians, we should really reflect God's love for his people, the love that sent Jesus to this earth. In Acts chapter two, verse 24, Paul is sharing something and, and he's talking and he's talking about his life and how his life interacts um, with, his, with his faith. And he says this, he says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it to finish the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. And it's this idea that he's saying, he's like, my life is worth nothing to me. In other words, my life is all about what God wants to do in my life. And he goes on to say the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. In other words, my life is all about doing what God has called me to do. And that's making a difference in the life of the people that I'm interacting with. Paul's going, my life, that my dreams, my passions, all of that has to fall secondary to what God is calling me to do. And that is to make a difference in the people in our life that you and I come into contact with. But let me ask you this question. How can we make a difference in someone's life? How can we share Jesus with someone if I don't have a passion for them? And I would actually say it's impossible because when someone annoys me, my natural reaction is to, to throw them aside, isn't it? It's to say, you know what? I'm just gonna remove you from my life. But you see, if I have a passion for them, if I really care about them, when something happens to me because someone treats me badly or, or my boss or my coworker does something to me or, or someone at my school um, judges me or, or gossips about me or, or talks behind my back in some way. Instead of pushing them aside, we go, you know what? Man, I know they're hurting and I have such a passion for them that I wanna see God work in their life and it changes the way that I react to them. You know, that's why here at Creekwood, we've always said we'll do anything short of sin to reach people for Jesus. 
right? We just came out of these Christmas services and all these 11 services and all that went into that because we want have a passion for people and we want to see them come to know Jesus. But God is calling each and every one of us into that same passion. And we make a difference in their life by being Jesus to them, by serving them. And we can't lead them to knowing Jesus. We can't come back and we can't say, you know what? I'm gonna share Jesus with them if I don't have a true passion for them. But where this is so big and where this man changes the way this next year looks for us is if I really have a passion for people, when I'm interacting with someone and they make me mad or, or they annoy me and they just ruin my whole day or my whole week, all of a sudden that doesn't impact me the same way if I really have a Jesus passion for them. All of a sudden me going, I wanna just throw them out of my life. That's my flesh and that's me naturally saying that. I look at them and I say, you know what? I love you. And I understand that maybe you caused me some hurt, but man, I've got a passion for you and I wanna see God do something in your life. And it begins to change the way that I interact with everybody in my life if I have a passion for them. So number one, we have to have a passion for worship. Number two, a passion for people. And the third one is this, that we need to have a passion for prayer. Now, when you think about this, right, it's this idea that my passion for worship is I've got this relationship with God and it begins to influence my life. And then that leads to this passion for people that when I have a passion for people in my life, I can, it changes everything about me. But then it comes to this one. And this one is, is I think hard for a lot of us because depending on our background, this idea of prayer, it, it can mean a lot of different things to us. But I wanna read to you what I, is one of my favorite scriptures on prayer. Um, it's actually out of 1 Timothy chapter two and it's verses one through four. And it says this, and I wanna focus on this first verse for just a minute. It says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. And I love this because it says, first of all, to pray for all people. That's not the people I love. That's not just my family when I like them. That's not just when things are going well. That, that verse is literally saying, I'm praying for all people people, the ones I like, the ones that, that uh, harm me, the ones that want the worst for me, maybe even the people that I don't know that I don't like because of maybe a political influence or what a friend said about them. No, no, no. This verse says, I'm going to pray for all people. And I'm actually going to ask God to, to help them. I'm going to pray for God's best for them. And I'm going to intercede on their behalf. That means I want the best for them. I have such a passion for them that I'm going to pray God's absolute best for them. And I tell you something I learned a long time ago, and I don't remember who taught this to me, but it's something I've gone back to over and over again, is that it, if you will pray for your enemies. If you will pray for the people that hurt you, God will use that to change so much in your life. Because if you're mad at someone, pray for them and see how long you stay mad at them. Right? It's impossible if you're truly praying like this to pray for someone, it's impossible to stay mad and frustrated at them. I've yet to be able to do it. But it goes on to say in the next verse, 
It says, pray this way, right? This passionate prayer, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives, right? This is where we get this idea of pray for our leader, pray for our president and our officials, pray for them, whether we agree with them or we don't agree with them, that we need to pray for them. And we need to have a passion for praying for those that are in our life, the ones we agree with, the ones that we don't agree with. But it goes on to say, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives, right? So when we pray for people, when we intercede for all people, when we pray for our leaders, it's funny how when we're praying for someone else, the impact that begins to happen in our life is that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity, that this begins to impact our life, that this begins to influence our life, that godliness actually grows in our life when we do this. And it goes on to say that not only does this affect our life, but that it's good and that it pleases God who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth, right? So those people that offend us, that if we have a, really a passion for people that we're praying for, um, if we really have that passion for them and we, gotta, we wanna see God move in our, their life, even though they offend us, even though they hurt us, right? When we come and when we pray for them, it does something because it works in my life and it pleases God and it works in their life. And then it begins to influence their life because God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And we begin to see this foundation unravel itself a little bit that, you know what, our first response in our life should be prayer. It shouldn't be our last response. So this year, if, if, if you will begin to pursue a passion for prayer in your life, right? Prayer does something in us. It begins to align our thoughts with God's. It begins to take the focus off of the things around us and it begins to turn them over to God. When something happens to me, I don't react because it's all on me. I react in a way that says, you know what? This may have happened and this may affect me, but man, I know that God is going to make a way even if I can't. And it begins to change the way I look at everything in my life when I have a passion for prayer. I wanna ask you this question. What do you want to know what God has for you this year? You know, a lot of people will, will say, man, I really wanna know what this new year should bring. I wanna know what this new year uh, has in store for me. But if you really want to know what God has for you this year, you need to pray like you never have before. Right, set this foundation of going, God, I'm going to set this whole year up for you. We're about to walk into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And maybe this idea of prayer, it scares you. Maybe you've never engaged in prayer or maybe the model that you've seen in prayer is not something that you understand. But if you will pursue God and you will pray like you've never prayed for before, if you will engage in this upcoming 21 days of prayer and, and, and we're gonna resource you, they're gonna have resources online and books you can read and, and a study guide that you can walk through. And, and if you will do that, and I really believe that God will begin to birth a passion for prayer inside of you that will begin to change so much in your life. You see, what I see in my Bible is I see a Jesus that was passionate 
for people, that he was passionate in worshiping his father. He was passionate in worshiping God and, and he loved the temple. He loved the church. I see a Jesus that loved people, that loved kids, that was so passionate that people were drawn to him. And I see a Jesus that was passionate about prayer. And I believe if we'll take these things and we will apply them to our life, we will see a foundation built in our life this year that will, will take us to a place we never could have dreamed. If you want this to be your best year yet, if you want this to be a year unlike any other, make it your best year spiritually. Stop acting like you're going to get a different result doing the same thing over and over again in your life. Make it your best year spiritually. Change something and watch what God does in your life as you change something in your life. You see, this can't just be a new year's resolution that you drop in a week. That's why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting is to set a habit, to set a foundation in our life right here at the start of the year. And if you'll pursue God with a passion for worship, a passion for people and a passion for prayer, I really believe that God is going to move in your life in an incredible, in an incredible way. And would you bow your heads wherever you're at and let's pray and let's just ask God to lead us and to guide us into this year. And then when we're done here in just a moment, we're going to end with a song and we're going to declare Jesus as a firm foundation in our life in 2023. Father, I pray for every single person that's joining us today. God, I pray that you would give us the strength and the boldness to grow in a passion for worship. God, to grow in, in our passion for people and in a passion for prayer. God, that this would set the foundation in our life for something that's absolutely incredible. God, that it would take us to a place spiritually and with the friends and the, the people in our life that we could have never imagined. God, that as we set this foundation, God, that you would, you would bless each and every one of us, God, that you would do new things in our life and in our loved ones. Now I do, I ask for a special blessing into the lives of every single person that's joining us today. God, that's committing to this. And God, that as we do this, God, that you would work in our life in a new and in a special way. God, that this year, that 2023 would be our best year yet. And it's in Jesus' name that we ask this. And everybody said, amen. And worship together with us today.